Welcome to the Highly Objective Podcast, where we talk to cannabis industry executives and investors and go into the weeds on recent news. Yay! Today we have Daniel Mueller, who is the CEO of AeroPay, which is a fintech company providing compliance solutions for payment processing, uh, focused on the cannabis space. Uh, so with that, thanks for joining us, Daniel. And if you can just give us a, a quick background, uh, a deeper background of AeroPay, that'd be great. Sure. Sounds good. Thanks so much for, for having me. Um, really appreciate being on. So quick, quick background on AeroPay. AeroPay is a bank-to-bank digital ba- uh, payment solution that allows customers to pay businesses through a simple and easy bank transfer. Uh, founded in 2017, we can work with really any and all businesses, but we're a great match for underserved industries such as cannabis, um, underserved in relation to not not being able to accept, you know, your standard credit or debit card. Um, We can work in in in-store environments, B2B, online e-commerce. And so we can really kind of flex based on what the business need really is. Um, And we've been growing a lot in cannabis. So we're really, really excited to, to be chatting. Thanks. Um, and, you know, I understand you sort of moved from New York to Chicago for your last company and, and ended up sticking around. Um, so t- tell me more about sort of cannabis for you. Was it sort of being in Chicago at that point in time was sort of how you got interested in getting into the cannabis industry? Yeah. So being in Chicago, that's a great mix of financial services and cannabis businesses. You know, some of the largest MSOs are based here. Um, so deep history in financial services, you know, I figured it'd make a, a perfect fit for, for basing AeroPay here in Chicago. Um, so really diving into the tech ecosystem in 2017, we went through the Latinx incubator program affiliated with 1871, um, which was a great kickoff to our journey um, and really just planted deep roots in Chicago. And it's been great to see the ecosystem rally around us over the last few years. Yeah, no, it's certainly helpful to build your business around uh, a couple of MSOs who, who are in your backyard with GTI, Cresco, and even a, a pharma there that's private, but still pretty large. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we, we've been really lucky and excited to work with Green Thumb in a, in a big way. And um, we, we're huge fans of, of that team and excited to see um, our use with them grow quite a bit over the next few months. Yeah, so, so let's uh, go back to that. But I just want to talk more about your background. So you're at GPS Shopper, which was acquired by Synchrony Financial, which is a really large consumer financial services company. Um, were, were you sort of working on the idea for AeroPay nights and weekends or sort of walk me through the, the timing of, you know, working at GPS Shopper, but then also working on AeroPay? Yeah, it was, it was a great experience. Part of uh, why I moved from New York to Chicago is to found, help found an office uh, in Chicago for GPS Shopper. And we, we, I originally started on the business side and then moved into product and engineering. Um, it was a great experience because I didn't have a technical background, but picked up quite a bit on the fly, had some great mentors, and we thought, you know, Chicago was a great match from a kind of retail growth standpoint. GP Shopper built mobile solutions for large brands and retailers. Uh, we, you know, 
back then we plugged into kind of demandware, Salesforce Commerce Cloud. We worked with uh, retailers like BB, Express, Best Buy, Foot Locker, Adidas, and many more. Um, so it really gave me the know-how of how to build digital solutions from the ground up, work with very large enterprise retail clients. And one of the issues during uh, almost every implementation we would run into would be payments integration and, and how to make that easy and smooth. And uh, peeling back the layers, there was a lot of legacy software, card acceptance was really difficult. And so kind of knowing that card acceptance online would become easier over time, I really wanted to design a new uh, payment rail payment solution that leveraged a more direct bank transfer. So when you know you remove things that are sitting in the middle, you can reduce the cost of a transaction, you can make it move faster, um, and you can really reduce the security risk in relation to moving those funds. Um, and that was the inspiration behind creating Aeropay. Um, I founded it just after the acquisition at GP Shopper to Synchrony Financial. Um, and GP Shopper also built uh, private lab, virtual private label credit card integrations. Uh, so from a in-store payment perspective, um, I got a lot of experience you know, dealing with POSs, um, you know, employee trainings, things like that. So great experience and you know, subsequently led to the founding of Aeropay. So Tell me more about, you know, how Aeropay exactly works, right? It's like, like you said earlier, it's a very simple digital bank to bank transfer. So we're not talking about the workarounds that's very topical today with cashless ATM, card masking. Um, So, you know, how did you decide to go down that path? Yep, absolutely. So again, the, the design for Aeropay has always been to make payments for businesses easier based on the bank transfer. Um, We early on found that cannabis would be a great vertical for us to launch with as it's underserved by incumbent card and other solutions. So one of the things we, we knew we needed to kind of figure out early on is, you know, how can we compliantly operate in cannabis without violating uh, the same type of compliance issues that, you know, m- those type of workarounds would do. So we found a financial institution that was already banking the space quite a bit, introduced us by regulators directly in Safe Harbor Financial. Um, we developed a really strong relationship with them, went through significant diligence to be able to uh, process payments in the way we are with them. And they've been a great partner in releasing financial services to cannabis across the board and enabling our our growth. So a lot of the compliance work we do, onboarding businesses, communicating with consumers, happens by way of partnership with Safe, Safe Harbor Financial. So we're really proud of that. And that was a big reason we jumped headfirst into cannabis. Right, and it sounds like finding that partner is pretty crucial to developing your solution for the cannabis industry. Yeah. And I would say it's not limited to just cannabis. I think most fintechs have, you know, bank partners behind the scenes that they work with, uh, whether you're in payments or neobanking or, you know, payroll, any, anything like that, you might need to find a good sponsor. 
Um, so, but having a sponsor that specializes in a certain domain is even better. Um, they're going to file the right reporting. Um, they're going to extend, you know, the auditing outward to the fintechs and the fintechs get a lot of know-how and experience through that partnership. And so we did a lot of research on our own, um, but the partnership with the, with the banking institutions has been key. And then who do you guys really view today as competitors? So I think, you know, when you look at the market, or at least before we've been operating in it, you know, you look at Hyper and CanPay, um, and, you know, we respect them as competitors for, you know, operating in a compliant way through, uh, through banking partners, right? They're not, they're not themselves masking, you know, a credit card or creating a workaround through gift cards. Um, and so we feel we differentiate based on, you know, technology stack and think, you know, customer support and service and things like that, simple business kind of practices that are differentiators for us. But we think that, you know, those are competitors that have been in market for a while that are doing it through a bank transfer. Got it. And it seems like you might face additional competition from companies that are maybe working on a POS today or compliance software today that wants to then also offer digital payments. Um, so how would you sort of pull those potential you know, new entrants off? Yeah, I would say for us, it's building partnerships with some of those folks. I mean, they may have a build versus buy um, analysis to do on their end. And, you know, it, it may seem easy at the service level to do what we do. You know, you just say, oh, it's an, you know, it's an ACH transfer, link my bank and it's done. We've made a, we've done a lot of work to make that feel simple, but behind the scenes, there's, there's a lot that goes on in, in the risk side, the auditing side, the compliance side, dealing with regulators. So I would just say, you know, part of our differentiation is that we only focus on this. We, we don't do um, you know, POS software. We don't do e-commerce um, today. And so we're just focused in payments. And so we would love to find those folks that are interested in, in building a payments business and, and partnering with us uh, to grow that segment of their business. And we have a deep API suite that can easily integrate um, whether it's a POS partner or directly into an MSO's custom e-commerce site. Um, so we see those as opportunities as people start thinking about how payments can, can positively impact their business. Right. And I think it, it's huge that, you know, one of those, those partnerships that you might be referencing is with Jane. So Jane right, sort of exactly. can yeah. handle the, the marketplace e-commerce and then you guys can be that digital payment to facilitate the transactions that are happening on Jane. Um, tell me more about how that partnership came about. So we met um, Sock and the team there, you know, early on into our cannabis journey. And, you know, they've been super helpful throughout the, the process, getting familiar with the space, learning the nuances around it. And we've just built a, a longstanding relationship over the last couple of years. Um, and felt as though there would be a great fit to, to bring our solution and deeply integrate it into the e-commerce, uh, into the Jane e-commerce engine. Um, and we've seen kind of great adoption. The merchants and customers are really happy with the experience. Um, I also think we're, we're quite culturally aligned in that you know, we like to work fast, prioritize good customer support, good technology, 
and we believe in the future of open architecture. Um, so the idea that you know the business themselves deserves the right to choose the best provider in every segment that they work with, um, that's going to give them domain expertise, great pricing, um, and not kind of close those windows down um, quite a bit. So we're excited to keep expanding the relationship with, with that team. So, so, you know, I would have asked if you guys considered Dutchy, but I assume uh, the reason to, to go along with Jane is, is Dutchy and, and Hyper actually partnered, I think, uh, before you guys did the partnership. So it kind of just made sense from, you know, what was, was left um, in the field, right? Yeah, I, I would say we're, we're interested in partnering with anyone that's willing to partner with us. Um, and so we're, we're never going to close doors or opportunities um, at all. And so it just so happened that Jane was very collaborative early on and, and willing to, to dive right in. And, and again, I saw, I saw that we had kind of cultural alignment and where we saw the future of, of omni-channel and ancillary tech solutions going. Um, so organically, I think it just kind of worked really well and pushed us together. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I know Sock and the team decently well. Um, so I think that cultural alignment makes sense from, you know, what I know about them and, and how uh, important that is for them. So that, that totally makes sense in that point. Um, let's, let's get next into, you know, so going back to you were in the Latin X accelerator that was um, you know, in partnership with 1871. Um, so from there to, I guess, building a product, um, you know, between that and raising the seed, um, you know, sort of walk us through that fundraising process. Yeah, for us, it was prove the model as, as fast as possible because in payments, there's, there's so much noise, um, new solutions all the time, they come and go. Uh, so we wanted to move real money quickly um, in a lean way, put, it, put a product out in the real world and, and prove to just the wider payments market as well as investors that you know, we have the product and technical know-how inside of the company um, and that we could quickly roll something out um, at least in a, in a local way, again, in a very uh, lean and affordable way. And we did that between the, the founding and the seed round by releasing an alpha, an alpha product to SMBs here locally in Chicago. Uh, and it, it was a really cool market test and seeing those business owners, you know, want alternatives uh, to be able to save on those kind of high card fees and then create incentives to those and consumers to adopt this new thing. Um, so that combined with the growth of digital payments in general, and then the acceptance in cannabis sort of segued us directly into the seed round led by Continental investors and Paul Purcell. Um, and we we're really proud of that because I, had met Paul and gotten to know him over the, the, the couple of years that founded to, to him investing and, you know, him having that deep expertise in fintech uh, was a great match for us and, and great validation that we were doing the right things. Right. And just going back to what you were saying about the SMB adoption, it, it sounds like there wasn't, or, or maybe there were uh, dispensaries in that. It seems like it was more just general traditional businesses in that alpha. 
Yeah, general traditional businesses in Chicago um, that were, you know, excited about something new. They were trying to stay competitive um, in, in a hyper competitive, you know, large city uh, like Chicago. And, you know, it, it was a mixture of them offering incentives and us building a, a good then mobile in-store only product that we've since expanded to online APIs, B2B. Um, and so we learned a lot through, through that early launch and it helped frame a lot of what we would then build on the product side, um, help prepare us for the launch in cannabis because we had been doing in-store payments quite a bit. Um, so new, usually today you'll see new payment solutions launch. And, you know, I think the instinct now is go online first and, and solve e-commerce before you try to go in store. And we, you know, for, for what it's worth, did, did the opposite. Um, but now it gave us the, the in-store know-how and uh, to really figure that out. Yeah. And, you know, I know you offer your solution outside of just the canvas industry, but curious as to you know, what percentage of your business, you know, I'm sure measured either through revenue or payments that you process, um, what percentage is canvas versus others? So today it's primarily cannabis, um, mostly because of the deep need of you know digital solutions in cannabis. So it's it's grown faster uh, than we could have ever expected, and I think that's just the the need um, really pushed us in that direction so so much. And you know I think the the DNA of the company is still one that could handle multiple use cases. Uh, we have a couple on the horizon that we're, we're pretty excited to talk about, um, but we have a lot of work to do in cannabis and we're really excited about, you know, the partnerships with, you know, an Amuse, an Ease, a GTI, and, you know, growing that segment of our business um, is, is really important. Awesome. And, and then, you know, maybe the timing might be off, but I'm seeing your seed was raised in September, 2020, and the Series A, the 5 million Series A was raised in March, 2021. Um, so kind of walk us through, you know, why you thought that was the right time to, to go out and raise the Series A and, and, you know, how many investors you talked to? Did you consider a Canvas investor leading? Uh, why did you ultimately go with a more traditional VC? Yeah, so with Chicago Ventures, similar to, to Continental, we had gotten to know them quite a bit, you know, post the 1871 days and just maintained a longstanding relationship. And I think the nice part about our investors is they really got to know me as a kind of founder and leader. Uh, they got to observe uh, the decision making along the way, the product growth, and it positioned us to kind of raise that capital when we were really ready for it. Um, and so the growth in cannabis, you know, the vote from Paul and team at Continental, and then having had that relationship uh, with Stuart and the team at CV, you know, made for a really, you know, just a perfect match. And then, you know, speaking toward their experience, they really specialize in seed and early stage and sort of helping that company grow into, you know, a potential growth stage company. Um, they were recently kind of on a list for you know, top 10 seed stage um, VCs across the country and they have a great reputation and they really know the go to, go -to market kind of movement. 
and they're really helping us kind of formalize our, our long-term growth plans. So we're super excited to have the CV team behind us. Yeah, no, I actually know exactly that list we're referring to. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just came out, I think, uh, last week. Last week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah. Definitely, you know, if you're, you're a Chicago-based uh, technology company, uh, one of the best investors you can have uh, in that area, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, um, we would agree. And, and, and did you get Canvas VCs to look at this? Only, you know, reason I ask that because then maybe you get plugged into the portfolio. So there's introductions for retailers or some of these delivery first uh, businesses that, that might, you know, be easier for you to sign on new customers. Yeah, I, th I think by the time that we were looking to raise, um, we sort of had uh, Continental and CV you know, at the forefront of, of our financing pathway. Um, I had kind of networked and connected with cannabis investors um, that were really excited about what we were doing as well. Um, we just had, you know, a great lead in CV and, and just dialed into that. Um, so, so no, I would say purposeful reason. Uh, we didn't take money from cannabis, uh, you know, cannabis investors, but uh, once we had kind of CV and, and, and the FinTech side with Continental, um, we were in a really good spot. Yeah, going back to, to our conversation earlier about GTI um, and, and you wanting to expand that relationship, does that mean you work with a few of the, the Rise stores by GTI today and you want to get more into all of their stores or where's the extent of the relationship today and, and how could it grow? Yeah, so we do all of their Illinois dispensaries today. We're launching in Nevada, California, and plan to do kind of a national rollout with them over the next few months. Um, and so we just, for example, launched Cookies on the Strip in Vegas, um, and we're, we're excited to continue to launch that. And that would include in-store and online payments. Got it. And then is that sort of similar with your other customers you mentioned in, in Amuse and in Ease? Yep, exactly. So Amuse, we're doing a full online prepayment integrated into their site uh, for delivery. And then similar to Ease, we're doing API-based online integration for e-commerce and delivery. And then, you know, walk me through that from the consumer side. Yeah, so we have a few ways to integrate AeroPay. Um, one would be kind of the AeroPay front-facing brand with, you know, full-on AeroPay registration. So, you know, simple kind of username, password, registration, and then linking bank one time. Uh, we'd never collect social security numbers or any kind of sensitive personal information like that. And we do that uh, very much on purpose to make the experience easy for the end consumer. And then from a deeply integrated uh, perspective, we can just really embed the AeroPay registration inside of the, the e-commerce uh, experience. So really it would just look like you're creating a standard account at the site, and then you just tie your bank account to that profile. Um, so it becomes even more simple um, than, than any other registration. And that would happen all on the site while you're ordering. So it wouldn't happen at the point of delivery as a driver's there. So hoping, hoping to mimic as much an e-commerce prepayment that you would do outside camp cannabis, uh, but uh, for a cannabis delivery. Right. And, and I, I think that's like appealing to consumers that you are basically web-based. There's no app required. Like I mentioned, exactly. for, 
where I need to do additional work to, to get my cannabis over. Yeah, no downloading an app, no you know social security numbers, no routing account numbers, um, just kind of simple integrated web-based uh, link your account once through online banking with your bank's website, and then you're good to go. Great. And, and are you finding a, a lot of growth today with folks trying to transition over from you know, cashless ATM? That's a hot topic right now where if you are sort of running into trouble with some of these you know, alternatives to, to payments, are you finding that as a good you know, sales channel and growth avenue for AeroPay? Totally. So the news, you know, last week and this week is, has been kind of quite crazy. We've seen, you know, we kind of saw that coming, so we're not super surprised, but um, at the same time, we know people are scrambling to kind of replace these solutions. Um, and, you know, we're, we're there to help, you know, that's, that's why kind of, I, I really focus on the, the compliance and transparency story um, because we don't want, you know, something to impact the business overnight. And then, you know, the, the consumers aren't able to buy their, their product in the same way that they're expecting to. Um, so, so we saw that that news come out officially picked up by um, a bunch of publications, you know, sent our perspective on it. Um, and, you know, we just want to be as helpful as possible to, to provide alternatives to cashless ATM. Awesome. And then, you know, going back to growth, um, is the growth just trying to convert some of these customers on, you know, you're in six states today, California, Colorado, Illinois, Massachusetts, Michigan, Missouri. So are additional states on the fold and where else would you be looking for, for growth for the company? Yeah. So we're focused on every med and rec state. Um, our home state of Illinois is, is growing a ton now with uh, new licenses coming online next year. Um, you know, Michigan delivery is a brand new opportunity. Same with Colorado delivery. Um, California is always a very big market. Um, on the East Coast, Massachusetts is a great new market for us. We're looking at kind of New Jersey, the expansion of New Jersey and New York um, as well coming online. So we're, you know, we're excited about kind of all these new markets. And, you know, we think we're positioned really well given kind of our background and our technology stack and where we're going with integrations like Jane. Got it. I guess I should add Nevada to that list as well since you're going there with that. Uh, yes, yes, GTI. definitely. Yep, so. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Sounds good. And, and then, you know, um, another solution for, for visual payments has been sort of, you know, a Columbia Care trying to offer their own credit card, or there's someone like Supernet who's trying to entice uh, retailers to kind of have the Supernet credit card that all cannabis consumers can use. What are your thoughts on, on you know, the, the credit card for the space and offering an alternative to a Visa or a MasterCard? Well, we, we know that there are new solutions coming and going all the time. And, you know, there are creative ways to, to make things look like a card, but ultimately they're, they're not. And, you know, the, the premise of, of AeroPay from the beginning was to make things simple, right? Move money from A to B quickly and affordably. Um, and so we're doing that by removing a lot of the layers in between the transaction. And we think that, you know, new card-based solutions or, or private type cards are kind of creating kind of more um, middle solutions and, and middleware. And we really want to keep it simple. 
um, and that's going to be better for, for everyone. So, you know, we think that there's definitely opportunities for new payment solutions, but believe that, you know, a simple bank transfer is the right way to go. And then what's your customer account today? How many retail stores, how many, you know, delivery companies do you work with today? So we're in hundreds of dispensaries today, um, really spans all those states that, you know, mentioned before with new ones coming online um, every day. Um, same with kind of MSO, uh, you know, approaches and conversations growing a ton as well. So yeah, we're definitely uh, talking to kind of every single uh, large MSO in the space and, and we expect to continue to, to grow our base. And I assume you can sort of plug into the you know, 2,100 plus Jane uh, customers today, right? If, if they're in a state where AeroPay is also currently operational, I assume that's a, a really good business development channel. Yeah, exactly. So that would just be turning on that integration, um, you know, going through compliance, uh, which is weeks time, which is also an advantage for us. You know, we've heard that take many months for other payment solutions. Um, so, you know, days, weeks time, turning on the integration and then being able to accept online payments, um, you know, very quickly. Great. Um, and then where, you know, is, is everyone sort of based in Chicago today for the employee base? And if you have, you know, according to LinkedIn, 30 to 35 employees, or is it kind of hybrid uh, culture? We have two offices, one in Chicago and the other in Bozeman, Montana. Um, which yeah, I was going to ask excited. you about that. Why, <laughs> yeah, why yeah. is the other office in, in Bozeman, Montana? Uh, Montana is great. <laughs> no, but the, the reason, the main reason is that we have a board member and key angel investor, John DeCola based in Bozeman, uh, who introduced us to some really talented people out there. And it's been, you know, growing tech scene uh, that we felt like it would be a, a great match for us and, and finding a lot of really good talent there. Um, it's also, you know, pretty close to kind of the West Coast and, and Mountain uh, West region. So it's, it's nice to have people that can easily go there um, as well as Chicago and, and we're close to the East Coast as well. And is that more technical talent or more on, on the you know, business and, and customer side? A little bit of everything. So we have technical folks, customer support, um, sales and marketing. Uh, so we've really been able to, to hire across the board in both offices. So, um, and, you know, it's, it's good to be able to, uh, to go to both places and, and find that type of talent. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty interesting. I, I don't believe I know another cannabis-related company operating out of Montana. So that's, uh, you're definitely the first one yeah. I've heard of. <laughs> yeah, and, this, and the state's been really uh, open to us kind of being there and, and, and planting a flag in Bozeman, uh, which is great to see. And, you know, same, same with Illinois. And, you know, we're, we're, we work with regulators across every state that we operate in. Uh, but it's great to see, you know, their their approach to new startups or, or new fintechs that are operating and, and basing headquarters in their state. Yeah, no, I think I've heard of um, you know, other companies sort of having secondary office there. Obviously, you know, cost of living is uh, much, much lower. Um, and usually the other more important thing for a technology company is just the uh, retention is potentially much higher, right? You don't have people switching companies so often um, if, if you're one of the few solutions in town for, for 
tech careers. Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree. And the, the work-life balance there is outstanding. You know, it's great in Chicago as well for, for a very big city. Um, there's a lot to do and here and, and in Bozeman and um, with the outdoor scene, which is great. And a lot of our folks there really dive right into that. So which is which is cool to see. Great. Um, last question for you. Um, so it's been, you know, call it four or five years since you've been in, in the business of cannabis. Um, what sort of you know, the biggest learnings that you've had in, in this time? The- some of the biggest learnings I'd say would be, you know, to learn from, from the people that have been operating in the space um, in the right way. You know, uh, people come to mind like, like Sock, like Tim Condor at Blackbird, uh, like Nico at Ola, you know, really, really good people that have kind of helped us along the way. And we've built great business relationships with them, but also kind of trusted uh, relationships kind of outside business and, and really focusing on doing things the right way. I think in cannabis, there's always this instinct to create kind of this, this quick workaround that, you know, might, you know, make some money in a, in a fast way rather than a long-term scalable solution, which to, to us is going to be way more profitable in the long run. Um, and so, to, you know, if I'd have to advise anybody that wants to get into space, it's, don't be afraid to connect with those people and, you know, pick their brains and develop relationships, trusted ones that, you know, will allow your business or your career to grow within cannabis. Um, and so that, that's by far my biggest takeaway and I'm really appreciative to them. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I think I'd certainly agree with that. People in, in cannabis have been pretty open to connecting and, and to, you know, teaching and, and sort of making sure you don't recreate the wheel and, and maybe repeat some of the mistakes that they've made uh, in the past. So it's certainly helpful um, to reach out to folks who are in it and have been doing it for a while. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Dan. Really good to, to hear more about Aeropane the story. Of course. Yeah. Thank you for having me. If anyone has any questions at all, feel free to reach out direct Daniel at Aeropay.com or, you know, shoot us a note um, on the website, but we're and and happy to talk to anyone that wants to learn more. Awesome. Appreciate it, Dan. Thanks. Have a great one.